The next morning, she emerged from the RV with two coffees. They watched the sun rise over the tree line, their silence comfortable, his loneliness a little less heavy. Every morning, the same routine. Their chairs got a little bit closer. His shadow got a little bit lighter. Thank you, he said on the last day. I didn't expect a friend for the end of the world. Jude had taken his hand and led him into her camper without a word. I am Alana, and this is Racing Home, the podcast where I unpack the journey of writing the first book in a series about the end of the world. Welcome. Today, we are going to talk about sex. Yo, I don't think we should talk about this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? But first, a little update. I believe I shared last time about a little library write-in that I was facilitating. So it was three hours in my local library branch and community members were just invited to come in, share a table with me, and we were going to write together for three hours. That happened. It was great. There was just four of us who hung out and got some work done. But I made a discovery during that time that Scrivener, the app I told you about last week that I used to write in, was counting words that weren't actually part of my manuscript. So it was counting all my character sketches. It was counting some of the research notes that I had. So instead of giving me a true word count of my manuscript, it was tricking me into thinking I was much farther ahead than I had thought and how how far I'd been telling you I was. So I did some fixing within my program. So it was actually counting proper words and I ended up losing a few thousand, which hurt my feelings. But ultimately, I mean, it's not really a big deal. It didn't really change. Like the end goal didn't change anything. It felt like I lost a few days, but that's just, just how it goes. Um, and I just want to be honest with you. So I'm not as far along as I thought I would be, but I'm still ahead of where I was at my last report. I'm currently sitting at 58,374 words, and I have been consistent in writing every day. And yesterday, I wrote a sex scene, and that's what I want to talk about. There has been um, some discourse going on on threads, which is like Meta's response to Twitter. It's a much, it's a much gentler, currently happier platform than Twitter became. Uh, I have not been active on Twitter now for months. Like, in fact, my phone has offloaded it because I haven't used it. It's just a cesspool of hate and I don't want no part of it. So I've been kind of playing around on threads, mostly just quietly watching the writing community grow on there and consuming a lot of that conversation while not necessarily participating. But there's been an interesting um, discussion about sex in fiction and whether or not it has a place. First of all, that's a dumb question because it has a place in the real world. So obviously it has a place in fiction because fiction is just our representation of the real world. So yes, sex has a place in fiction. The question is, 
Do you close the door or do you open the door? I am generally a closed door writer when it comes to sex scenes. I don't think you need the real gratuitous descriptions of what's going on. I mean, we all know what's going on. There is a fine line where you can kind of dance between closed door and open door. You give just enough information that the audience has a really clear picture, but you're not painting with such vivid colors that you're presenting porn. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, I try not to overthink it. I try to let the characters lead in that way. I'm not known for writing characters that are exhibitionists. I don't want to ever seem like I'm holding back, that I'm hiding anything, that I feel any shame around the subject. I think it has its place. About a month ago, I finished reading How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days by K.M. Jackson. I will admit to you that I bought this book solely because of the title, How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days. Sounds like um, some good advice, maybe, that I could learn in there. <laughs> oh, Keanu. I did not like the book. It was written fine. Like she's, she's a fine writer. Her characters were well-developed. I just don't have it in me to get on board with like a tropey rom-com. It's, it's not my thing. I find it annoying. It's also why you will never catch me doing a Hallmark movie marathon at Christmas. You will not catch me doing a single Hallmark movie ever. Any season. The only thing that's good about them are the memes and reels that come out to make fun of them. I just... Yuck. It's all, all I have to say. They're sweet. They're cute. Whatever. I... No. No, thank you. If you like them, that's wonderful. That's great. You are the ideal audience for that. That's perfect. I'm not. This is exactly why we have different genres. Um, but anyways, this book, How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days, there's a, there's a, there's a really good sex scene in it. However, it just crosses the line of giving me a little bit too much information. So it would have been perfect except for like a couple little, little juicy sentences that just made my inner Angela Martin come out just a little bit. I hate being titillated. And no shame against erotica or graphic writers, whatever. That's fine. I'm talking about my own personal opinion and how that's reflected in my own writing. And I think reading in different genres helps me narrow down the kind of writer that I want to be. So I know I know what books I love. I love things that are really dark, really gritty kind of shocking, really kind of everything that my personality is not, or I hope that my personality is not. So I like things that are the opposite of me. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. I don't want sweetness. I don't want juicy romance. I want real gritty, ugly life. I want an honest look at humanity. And that's the kind of book that I want to write. However, exploring other genres and seeing how other writers approach topics of humanity and what does it mean to be a woman 
and what is the role of the man in society and who takes the lead when it comes to a love scene and how far is too far? Is, is it okay if characters don't have the same morals that I do? How do I navigate that in a way that honors them, honors myself, honors the truth of what it means to be human and tells a good story? I think some of the, the, <laughs> is this awkward? I don't know. I think some of the best sex scenes that I have ever read are by Anne Rice, who I have always said is my favorite, favorite author. She has a way of really pushing boundaries without crossing that line of pornography. She has a way of addressing a love scene in a way that is really beautiful and poetic and not raunchy, but honest and beautiful. Well, like these are monsters. So it's, it's really fascinating. If you haven't read her stuff and you're looking to be titillated, I would suggest Lasher. That's, <laughs> that's where you should start. Her writing is just beautiful. The Vampire Chronicles. I, I will recommend those forever and ever and a day. I am currently reading The Prince Lestat, which is part of the new Vampire Chronicles, and I am not loving it. It is not the same. Doesn't It doesn't have the same lyrical quality as our other stuff. So uh, this is a tangent. I apologize. Let's talk about sex for now. To the people at home or in the crowd. It keeps coming up anyhow. Don't decoy, avoid, or make void the it's, it's a tricky balance. I think there is merit for open door. I also think there is merit for closed door. And I think there's no reason to argue the two. I will say that I have given up on a book that was too gratuitous because I, I just felt like it was going for shock value. And I think, I think it's okay to allow, to allow there to be a little bit of romance. I don't need a description of someone's parts, if you know what I mean. Uh, and of course you do. A manuscript that I accepted into Chicken House Press for publication in 2024, um, part of my acceptance letter was, here, here are places that um, I need you to tone things down. And there was one, um, there was one description of an erection that I was like, you know what, this, this adds nothing to the story. We don't need this. It made me uncomfortable. So, and that's done, easy. That's that's the power that I get to wield. But as I write my own book, um, these are questions that I'm always asking myself. Is, is this to serve the story? Is this to serve the audience? Is this to serve me? And I think it should always be serving the character, serving the story, not, not the reader. I am not writing a romance. I am not, I'm not trying to prove that I'm this progressive certain kind of woman, um, but I am trying to offer a real glimpse at what it is to be human. How do humans respond at the end of the world? And I think sex is a big part of that. I'm going to wrap this up by sharing a tiny excerpt of 
the continuation of the scene that opened this. One thing that frustrates me in books and movies is when there is a love scene in the midst of grossness. So people have been camping for a week or they've been lost in a zombie universe and they're disgusting and there's never anything that addresses how gross they are. And so in this scene, I wanted to do that. So they're not really gross, but they're kind of gross. Uh, the only movie I can remember ever talking about this was, oh, it's Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant, Notting Hill. I think it's called Notting Hill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they wake up in bed together and I think he moves to kiss her. She covers her mouth and refuses the kiss because she hasn't brushed her teeth yet. And this is one of the things that drives me crazy in romance tropes is the the morning kiss, the morning sex before brushing your teeth. No, let's be real people. So in my fiction, I do try and lightly address these issues. And so you'll, you'll see a little bit in this exit. I'm not going to share much because, um, I don't want to blush while I'm reading. So you're just going to have to wait for the whole book before you get the, the whole kit and caboodle of what these two characters are up to. Let's go. When she unbuttoned his shirt, she could smell the baby wipes he'd used to clean himself. His own musk cut through, but it was mild and intoxicating. He caught her hand before she got to the last button. Slow, he said, gripping the back of her neck and planting the whisper of a kiss against her ear. Every part of her ached for him and electricity shot through her when their skin touched, but she obeyed. She let him lead. She surrendered to his slow investigation, even though her body screamed for more. His lips sent shivers through her as he explored. Slowly, so slowly. Chin up, bright eyes. We'll talk again next week. Racing Home is a Chicken Head Press production. Theme music by Alex Grohl and Alana Rusnak. Let's Talk About Sex is a song by American hip-hop trio Salt and Peppa, released in August 1991, owned by Next Plateau Records, Inc. If you would like to support my writing journey with a small financial donation, you may do so by visiting bio.site slash Alana Rusnak. That link is available in the show notes. You can make a donation of any size of your choosing and it will go towards funding the production of this book. Writing takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. It requires a lot of coffee and chocolate. So if you want to help out, that's one way you can do it. Donations over $50 will be automatically signed up to receive a signed copy of When the Trees All Burn at least one week before official launch.